Hey, everybody, it's Mike from the Mike Wagner Show, powered by SonicWave Studios and brought to you by our official sponsor, the Mike Wagner Show, international warring author, Mia Molson's The Missing, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. We're here with a terrific lady who's got a great story to um, to begin with. She arrived in the U.S. legally at 9 and 93 through his father's uh, visa as an I-94 and descendant of the Soviet Union. She's fluent in Russian and English, lives in Massachusetts, and couldn't serve stateless due to a situation in Russia. And she's working on an MBA at the University of the People. And where is this at? I think I'm going to go to school there. We'll find about that. And she's got a brand new book about a girl with pink hair uh, who sings and dances her troubles away through the magic bestowed upon her by the Queen of Unicorns. And who is the Queen of Unicorns? We'll find out just one minute. Live, ladies and gentlemen, from the Plus Studios from outside Boston, Massachusetts, um, the amazing, multi-talented author of The Girl with Pink Hair. You'll see her on Facebook a lot with all these groups. Ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Diana Caprina. Diana, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, hi. Hello. Well, it's great to have you on board as well, too. So you arrived. So let's start off, first of all, that you have a really unique story. You arrived in the U.S. legally at 9 in 93, through uh, your father's visa as an I-94 and descendant of the Soviet Union. You're fluent in Russian and English. You lived in Massachusetts for quite some time, considered stateless due to a situation in Russia, and you're working on your MBA at the University of the People, and you have a new book about a girl uh, with pink hair singing and dancing your troubles away through the magic bestowed upon her by the Queen of Unicorns. It's called The Girl with Pink Hair. And before getting all that, Diana, tell us how you first got started. How I first got started. Uh, I was a bookworm. I loved to read and write. Um, Soviet Union was, I can. I came here when I was nine. So Soviet Union back then in the early 1990s would be equivalent to the U.S. 1950s. Mm -hmm. So before Barbie came on board, and right, yeah, Barbie and Ken. That's right, yeah. And it's not the movie. <laughs> there is before all of that, um, and so we have books, and I read, and I read in Russian, um, and I read some more, and I loved um, Hans Christian Andersen, but I hated his Little Mermaid. So really? Why is that? That's a classic. Because she dies in the real story. Oh my gosh! I'm so sorry. Yeah. She she becomes um, sea mist, I want to say, or part of the sea, like the sea foam. There you mm -hmm. go. Um, and so when Disney came out, well, it came into the 90s, American became. Right. The American version, the, the cartoon version, the animation, uh, and, not the uh, not the uh, live one. Right. And I, I, oh, I was I was shocked. As a seven, eight-year-old watching, after I read that she dies, and there's another ending where she actually lives mm -hmm. happily ever after. Um, yeah, I was hooked on storytelling. I liked performing, storytelling. And when I moved to the U.S., uh, and when I learned English within basically a year or so, I want to say, that's when I tried to uh, write my own stories from what I've read. So mm -hmm. it's been there. Um, it took a long time to get here to this point. So the, mm. the journey itself has been quite interesting. I denied my writing skill or whatever you may call it. Um, I went in different career choices, different paths. Um, and most of them are probably something I would not recommend anyone taking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Right. Yeah. And we all know and we know what it is mainly, too. And um, what was it one precise moment that simply influenced you into what you're doing the rest of your career? Um, One precise moment. Well, there were so many, but one exact moment was that I just loved writing poetry and it just through in, uh, through fighting anxiety, depression, um, and a wide range of mental disorder, it, the mental disorders, it became almost healing to write. And that's how my thought process just worked. And for a certain period, when I went through my trauma, um, I just stopped writing. I shut down nothing. I created absolutely nothing for 15 years. Mm -hmm. um, just no, I, I didn't even touch a pen, nothing, not a journal, not anything. Um, and then my daughter was born and she has a very strong presence and uh, she's very strong willed and a loud voice. And I was going through um, positive parenting phenomenon. So I enrolled in so many different classes and I was trying to just learn how how what to do and what not to do and I didn't want to repeat uh familial cycles so I wanted to break through all that and that's when the story um just manifested I wrote it in 10-15 minutes so uh, it was like wow. I like this I I like this wow 10 um, in 15 minutes you wrote a story generally takes like days weeks and months oh my gosh it was a purge, but I feel like it, it, I've been creating it for so long that it was just the purging beginning process. Um, and I connected with um, an illustrator actually from Yerevan, Armenia, which was uh, back in the day, one of the Soviet republics. Um, uh, I loved his art, and but we lacked the connection um, we still went through and published, but I've, um, I'm still I'm changing the book. So there's going to be Adventures of PK. And instead of the magical unicorn, there's going to be a queen of cats. Um, and it just seems something that I just felt like changing because cats speak to us more as a family. And mm -hmm. we just had a cat pass away. And I just and Halloween and cats. We, we I made that switch. Mm, that's a perfect choice when it comes to that. And we have, and I have um, a new illustrator who's amazing, and the connection was just, just right on par as creators. It was something that we just bounce ideas off and work off each other. <laughs> so I'm really excited. We're hoping to release it um, in for Halloween 2023. Okay. Now, 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 what is the name of that book? It's. It's similar to Adventures of the Girl with Pink Hair, but we're going with Adventures of PK. It's the oh, got it. Okay, so it's an upcoming one. Okay. Yeah. What was it? Upcoming. upcoming, the Adventures of PK. Okay, I got to write that down. So, 
we got to do that too. And of course, you know, speaking of PK, um, we'll talk about the original book. We started off the girl with pink hair with, um, Dinah Caprina, but first listen to the Mike Widener show at the Mike Widener show.com powered by Soundcraft Studios. Visit online at soundcraftstudios.com for all you need. Look at a professional website without breaking your budget. Soundcraft Studios is the answer. Soundcraft Studios offers fast, affordable custom web designs that blow the competition away. Call today, 1-800-303-3960. That's 1-800-303-3960. Or email to support at soundcraftstudios.com. Mention the Mike Widener show. Get 20% off your first project. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give an official shout-out to our official sponsor, Mike Wagner's show, International Warring author, Mia Molsonzia. If you love fast-paced mysteries, you'll love Missing by Mia Molsonzia, available on Amazon paperback and ebook. Missing is fast-paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. It takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target, where truth is illusion and those who love be the first to go missing. It's available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia Molsonzia has got great reviews. And Eve 11 enjoys by Howard Celebrities, including Joanna Cassie, Forge Riley, and Minions. So grab your copy today for Goes Missing by me and Melson Zia, available on Amazon. Also, check out the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com or 40 podcast platforms. Heard in 100 countries, including Facebook, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Also on Pandora, BitChute, Rumble, YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Also on Odyssey. Apple Music, and more. Make sure you take us with you on any mobile device. And for great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com. Check out the Mike Widener Show podcast. T-shirts, pop sockets, throw pillows, tote bags, hoodies. Makes great gifts 24-7. Go to Amazon.com. Check out the Mike Widener Show podcast. And for more great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com slash Mia Molsonzia for great books like Missing, Once, and Wrinkles. Also T-shirts, pop sockets, hoodies, phone cases, and more. Amazon.com slash Mia Molsonzia. Check it out today. And support the Mike Weiner Show on Anchor FM, PayPal, and the Mike Weiner Show.com. We're here with the amazing uh, author of the book, The Girl with Pink Hair, Diana Caprina, here on the Mike Weiner Show. And before we talk more about The Girl with Pink Hair, besides Hans Christian Anderson, who are some of our other favorite um, authors and writers growing up in the Soviet Union and coming to America? Oh, well, Soviet Union, Pushkin, but I don't know how much I actually loved him as more as it was. The memory, memory, poetry memorization was enforced. Uh, strict authoritarian sort of parenting. Um, mm -hmm. U.S., that's when I fell in love with just variety of losing myself in stories. So it really depends on the age from nine to about 11. Um, Bugs Bunny. Oh, yes, Bugs Bunny. My goodness. You're bringing me back to my childhood. Saturday morning cartoons, getting in PJs, you know, coming downstairs with a bowl of frosted flakes and just watching it on, um, I think, what was it, uh, either on ABC or CBS back in the day. Bugs Bunny, you're hitting on, you're hitting a button right in my inner childhood right there, Diana. <laughs> Bugs Bunny, it was a big one. Um then, then what did I discover after Bugs Bunny? I love Lucy, Lucille Ball. Yes, that's another American classic. That's been around since, God, the 1950s or something like that. Well, again, that was the only relation I could, that was the only understanding, grasp of the understanding of the cultural shock I was going through that I could relate to because Lucy's American and then you have this Cuban and Cuban is very close culturally you can say for to the soviet union personality so it was just oh okay yeah i i'll go with this mm. um, 
that was the beginning of my also learning of um, American culture. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And of course, you got to watch out when Ricky gets mad when he speaks uh, Cuban. You know he's going to blow up. <laughs> yes. And my father was uh, quite similar. Genius man. But yes, quite similar. Um, so I could I could relate um, on a certain extent. And I just love the show. Lucille Ball was just... Mm -hmm. What are some of the cartoons you watched in the uh, Soviet Union? Oh, uh, we didn't really have that many. There were just uh, Russian Soviet cartoons that were released then. We didn't. I didn't really get American movies there. Um, I Chucky was one of the first I saw, and that terrified me. I'm still terrified of that Chucky doll. Oh yeah, yeah. Was it Friday Thirteenth? Somewhere around there. Yes. Mm -hmm. No, I can't. I can't do that. So, so, um, but everything I can remember is really starts when I came to the U.S. and just um, the cultural immersion I went through, um, and I went through it really deep. I'm. Mm -hmm. I want to say. Mm -hmm. And of course, you uh, you uh, arrived in the U.S. legally when you're nine years old in '93. So this is probably going to go back into the '80s or so. I think this is the the period of um, Gorbachev as well, too. And uh, when you left the '93, was Gorbachev still in control? Was it? Um, uh, yes. Yeah. No. 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 It was like almost the end of Gorbachev. End right, of Gorbachev. Okay. Right before Yeltsin came in. Yeah. Um. That was the transition and we I we came here because my dad went to Yale University on a full scholarship um it was a huge honor to be coming from the Soviet Union to Yale um and then he invited my mom and I and then he worked for Harvard so we remained in the U.S. all legally um unfortunately 9-11 happened and then our process just slowed down completely for a green card. And it was just continuous, my father's work authorizations cards. Um, and growing up, I really wanted to be American. Like completely, I didn't want to have any other identity. Mm -hmm. um, I went to private school, went to boarding school. Um, and I just, I wanted to be like the rest of the girls, although I wasn't. And I, um, that was one of the things that eventually got me into trouble. And maybe one of the reasons I'm stateless at the moment, I would say, was just that complete immersion and not thinking, hi, I'm an immigrant. Mm -hmm. That's all right. That's our unique way too, you know, considering stateless, I'm thinking of like, you know, where you live in the States and everything like that, Massachusetts, and maybe you can call it like your little small country, New England or whatsoever. So, <laughs> well, New England could be considered a little small country on its own. Um, but no, uh, stateless refers to a person that um, does not have a nationality. Um, and I don't have a nationality. I, the last passport I had which wasn't even mine. I was just stamped into it. it was my mother's Soviet Union passport uh, from that expired, I believe, in 1996. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, and I, I was, I was about to get my green card with my parents. I just made the error of being 25, foolish, in love, and following all the bad habits I could follow. Um, and just went into that swarm and got married 
And apparently, I learned this later, is that you cannot have a petition in the within the USCIS for um, with your parents, as I had, if you marry, then it transfers to the responsibility of the husband. Uh, come, it reminds me of sort of uh, cattle. <laughs> mm -hmm. My my father's cattle, and then I became my husband's cattle, and then my husband decided he didn't want me as a. Oh my goodness! Put you out the pasture. Shame, he shame, put me shame. Out the pastures, and um, yeah, he had a, a mistress and so forth. And when we petitioned for our green for my green card with him, he chose not to come to the interview. Wow. Uh, yes. So that landed me into this green water, scary, scary, scary whirlwind of a situation where it, it wasn't that I was only going through a divorce uh, and losing the how and everything we built together. I was going through this fact that I could be deported. Mm, back to the Soviet Union? Uh, who knows? Uh, well, since Soviet Union no longer existed, they, um, it was either Armenia or Georgia. I was born in Georgia. And my father has a dual citizenship. He has an American citizenship and Armenian citizenship. So based on that, um, I had two choices. Mm -hmm. and, and do you think the um, do you think the immigration rules um, were, were lenient or or, or strict uh, during the Gorbachev era or Yeltsin era, or, or if you're deported now, do you think the um, the uh, the the immigration would be uh, lenient or more strict under Putin? Um, you know, the thing with immigration, here's the thing. Um, actually, it was Clinton who made it very strong. One of the main immigration laws, it was Bill Clinton back in the 90s. And what he did was he said, if you overstayed your visa in the United States of America, and let's say you get married or so on, before we can let you continue living here, you have to go home to your home country get receive a visa there and then come back into the u.s okay and that was actually bill clinton so i don't know i can't say i can't even say that was the bush administration um it was actually quite the democratic administration administration that did that um and then 9 11 so 9 11 caused the development of ice and with that the game changed the rules stayed the same but the problem is that the rules are tricky. You need to understand the legal language, um, how it works, what you're trying to prove. Um, a law school degree would be great if you're really going through the paperwork. Most people don't do that. Mm -hmm. So the main focus now has become, oh, you overstayed a visa, you um, came here illegally, what do we do with you? We either deport you or... We try to give you asylum, or there's that's this that's where everyone's sort of battling, but nobody's looking into the deeper fact of what's causing people like me, for example, to become stateless. And there's 218,000 stateless people in the United States of America right now, as reported by the DHC. Oh wow! And, and what and what percentage would that be about? Like my one percent, five percent, ten percent, or so? I would imagine it's a very small percentage. Okay. 
All right, and and also, Dan, are there any special rules or exceptions when it comes to uh, the statelessness or maybe like extreme emergencies? And if you're stateless, can you apply and say for like you know be a legal citizen in the United States? Say you pay a fee, you take the exam, and or take classes and everything like that. Would you be eligible to do that? I'm in the position right now. um, This is where I am. I submitted my petition seeking asylum in the United States because I've been here for 30 years never leaving the country, and I know no other country. I really don't. I've never left the U.S. I haven't even traveled to Europe. I've never had a passport. Um, And so based on that, I'm able to file a petition saying, well, I can't, I don't, you've got to figure out what to do with me, and hopefully you give me a citizenship. And that is the only catering there is to stateless. Uh, Most people say it's an extremely difficult application. For me, it was an application that I finally found relief that I found this application because it literally followed everything. I, I fit the mold of that application. It was, uh, I felt like I was writing a legal dissertation. Um, uh, final concluded 80 pages long with with evidence. Um, but it, it's all about legality. If you entered the U.S. legally, if you ever left, if you feared this country or you can't go back to this country, why did you leave the U.S. to go to this country? And obviously, none of that applied to me. So I fit that mold for the application. Um, so I guess we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Especially with the next uh, presidential election too. whatever Biden gets reelected or if uh, Trump comes back for another term after being um House after four yeah. years. So that's going to play an interesting role. Honestly, uh, I used to be very, very liberal um, after a lot of turn of events. I'm leaning in midway um, just because when Trump came into power, and um, I can say this from the immigration standpoint, is that when he came to power, he lifted off a lot of Band-Aids. And what I mean by that is that he followed the law and people said, well, that's not right. And they saw it and the outrage came. And because that outrage came, action started moving. Um, paperwork started moving. There was that progress because he he pissed people off, right? Um, there was anger that how dare you, but it's all in the paperwork. Um, and because he started, more people became interested in immigration. Uh, Biden came into power, and now there's silence. I, uh, it feels like immigration has been, again, forgotten about until the upcoming election. And that again, that will be the topic um, of conversation. Okay. And I can, I can guarantee the liberal standpoint will say, you know, we want to do this, and the Republicans are preventing us and the Republicans are going to say, well, we're trying to. And that's all true. I mean, their honest battle is about legal language that the common person does not understand. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, you, and of course, uh, keep us up to date with the situation as well, too, depending on um, the presidential outcome, whatever um, you get to stay, you go or anything like that. In the meantime, you're working on your MBA at the University of the People. And uh, tell us more yeah. about them. By the way, first of all, where is the University of People located at? I like it, to attend there. Actually, it, it's located in California. The official, oh, really? Wow. The official building, but it is a nonprofit university. And it um, is online. 
Okay. Uh, and it was started by Harvard University, Yale University, NYU, um, and Berkeley University professors to cater to people who needed help uh, financially and so forth. And because I'm an immigrant, um, college for me, I, I never was eligible for financial aid. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I couldn't just, after my divorce, I couldn't just pack my bags and say, okay, well, I'm just gonna go get my master's you know, at UCLA, or I'm just gonna do this. I, I didn't have that opportunity. So when this university was created, I jumped on it and I, it was a blessing. I loved it. Um, I still love it. I continue mm -hmm. to take classes just for the joy of it, mm -hmm. of learning again and the whole educational process, which I've always valued. How'd you first find out about University of People? Um, word of mouth through a friend. Um, she was looking into um, studying and she, she actually didn't finish um, her bachelor's. So she was looking to go back and that was again an affordable and because it's nonprofit and she was a single mother. So for the, one of those ideal environments where I can do, actually do this and get my degree and continue. Okay. And, and what's your degree in again? Um, English. Got it. Okay. All right. Got that. Okay. I'm just writing down as we speak here. And uh, what are you looking to uh, pursue when, after you uh, get your uh, MBA? Well, I, I honestly, my MBA started because I wanted to learn marketing um, when it came to my writing. I wanted to learn how to market my own product. I wanted to understand what it takes in into having a book and selling it and how to do so. And as a business, um, what's how it really works out. Um, the second reason was because I I love the nonprofit angle. I have always been a big part of it. Um, I was um, on the council on the council board for Head Start in Boston, and I realized that's where I want to continue further. And as a survivor of domestic abuse, um, I realized that that's the platform I want to continue as a nonprofit advocate and the dream is to start my own nonprofit and the hope is to er eradic eradicate um domestic abuse from our communities okay That's so so you're looking to start a nonprofit um to uh to basically just put an end to domestic abuse and what else uh, oh, and memoir writing i'm working on my memoir right now um it's titled borderline and uh, I'm thinking it's going to be two books. It's going to, one is going to be borderline. The other one's going to be called stateless. Stateless will deal with the more what immigration situation and borderline will deal with the, uh, the traumas and surviving and all the messy stuff, all the darkness and even addiction, all the darkness. Mm -hmm. and, and of course you got you start with the book uh the girl with uh pink hair and uh more into that with donna caprino we'll find out just one minute you're listening to the mike whitener show at the mike whitener show.com powered by soundquab studios and brought to you by official sponsor the mike whitener show international warring author mia muscles they missing we'll be back with the amazing author um of the girl with pink hair diane caprina after this time we're back with author donna caprina of the girl with pink hair here on the mike whitener show great story about how she came from uh 
the former Soviet Union over to the U.S. and, of course, the stateless situation, getting a better understanding. You also, uh, you know, wrote your book, The Girl with Pink Hair. And uh, again, tell us more about that book and uh, what inspired you to write it. Um, my daughter. My daughter was the full inspiration, the voice. And I just really didn't want to tell her to just simply be quiet because um I'm, I'm neurodivergent. I know my child is neurodivergent and I have a sensitivity when someone just tells me be quiet. I can be quiet and I will completely lose my voice. Um, I didn't want her to do that. So that was the inspiration. I, and the, the book is it, it, it teaches children that, well, there's other solutions to just screaming. How about we sing through it? Um, and actually, that was a lot of fun for Paulina. She was younger to just sing through, sing her needs, sing her desires. <laughs> um, what I learned is, me as a parent, the one thing that gets me, that ugh, feeling is the whining. Mm -hmm. And the scre that screeching. But it, it's just symptoms of, I need help and no way to express it. And parents don't know how to say, well, oh, oh, you're screaming. What do you need? Let me cater. It's just, ah, stop, please. Um, and so I, I thought, why not create a story that could be a little bit of go between that and see what happens. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, uh, and of course, the thing about pink hairs is like, you know, what's the inspiration by having pink hair? Well, that, that's what I wanted the story to be unique. I wanted to name her that she has pink hair, but that's not what makes her unique. It's actually her voice, and everybody has a voice. Mm -hmm. Certainly does, too. And, of course, uh, the magic bestowed upon by the queen of unicorns. I'd hear more about that. <laughs> well, my daughter was, again, going through a phase. She was uh, my little pony obsessed. Oh, yes, my little pony. That's my kid's favorites. Now you're starting to hit these buttons. That's what I like about this. You're hitting the buttons on childhood cartoons and everything. <laughs> yeah, I do that. Um, but yeah, so it was just that watching, watching the little ponies. Uh, like, what fascinates children on Halloween? Let's not scare them. Um, and I was really writing to cater more maybe to a younger audience, but then the story took took a hold of its own, so it became towards older audience. And this is where I have to let go of the unicorn <laughs> mm -hmm. in the right. adventures of PK. Right. Certainly, Dean. And, of course, uh, you also have your upcoming uh, The Adventures of PK and uh, more of the, the Queen's Unicorn. We are cover that. And, um, in, and, of course, a bit more about that. What do you want the readers to uh, get from the book? Um, just feel inspired to hear their kids even when they're being loud and maybe instead of telling them to just be quiet or indoor, use their indoor voice, we can find uh, something fun. So maybe singing or maybe whispering mm -hmm. uh, a hard one, especially if the kid actually really needs help that maybe not whispering, but some way to be loud and present without the whining. Mm hmm. And, and certainly do as well, too. We can all learn from that. And uh, where can we find the girl with pink hair at and all your works at, Diana? Um, It's a Barnes and I have it's online ebook Barnes and Noble. It's right on my Facebook link. Click it. It's right there. Um, Diana Caprina is my Facebook. Mm -hmm. And you also run a couple of groups as well, too. I don't mean to let the cat out of the bag. So in case they want to find you on Facebook, you also run a couple of groups. 
Yes, I do. And that was again because because I was I was bored and I didn't like I love scrolling through Facebook and I love sharing because I that's the way I to connect and I don't feel lonely that way. Um and I didn't want to share it on my newsfeed that I felt like I would be overwhelming people too much. So it was a sporadic movement. And I figured this maybe this is how I can connect with people. Maybe I can share my story and help improve their lives too through positive thinking. And it just spiraled and took life of its own. And I just do it for stress relief, to be perfectly honest. And well... Now with the book, um, obviously it works as marketing because I can promote my own work. Mm -hmm. And certainly indeed, and uh, keep us up to date with that. We're here with uh, author Diana Caprina of The Crow with Pink Hair and the Mike Widener Show. Also a couple of memoirs coming up and just a couple more things, Diana. What else can we expect in 2023 and beyond? Uh, 2023, I would say uh, I'm resting right now. I want to finish Adventures of PK, have it out for Halloween. Uh, and then it's a waiting game with uh, immigration. I have 150 days where I I just exist before mm -hmm. I um, apply for further identification needs and so forth and work authorization and so on. So I'm really I uh, just gonna take the time to take it easy. I think that's the best thing to do at this point, Diana. And who do you consider biggest influence in your career? Oh, so many, but. My inspiration was always, uh, well, I'll start with this. From singers, it was Celine Dion mm -hmm. and Selena, um, Selena, this, not Gomez. So. Right, yeah, uh-huh. Um, and let's see, for writers, it was Dostoevsky, David Lit, uh, Fowles, um, Lynch as the as a director. I, I love David Lynch. Um, that was Twin Peaks, right, David Lynch? Yes. yes. Yes, I remember that. Uh huh. Yeah, Blue Velvet. I don't know if you've seen. Oh, it. I love Blue Velvet. That was a great a movie. I love Bobby Vinton the way he sang it. Amazing. Yeah. Yes, yes. I actually wrote my um thesis on that in college. Nice. Yeah, I I compared and contrasted three of Lynch's films and three of Fowles's books, in highlighting their symbolism and so forth and how they depict women. So still remember it to this day as though I wrote it yesterday, although that was quite some time ago. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Bobby Vinton's got to be proud. And what's the best advice you can give to anybody at this point? Uh, love yourself, trust yourself, manifest. It, it will work out. Just don't stress. Mm. I'm not sure I rhymed, but heard myself there a little bit. Mm -hmm. You got that right. And that's a really key as well, too. With um, Dinah Caprina, the author of The Girl with Pink Hair here on the Mike Wagner Show. Dinah, very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely fantastic. That was a great journey. Looking forward to having you again soon. Keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Live have you back. Once again, what's your website? How do people contact? Will people purchase or check out your books? Where can we check out your books at? My books. Yes, yes. Just go on Facebook, Diana Caprina. The link is right there. Okay, we'll certainly do that as well. Once again, Diana, very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely amazing. Looking forward to having you again soon. Keep yeah. us up to date. Keep in touch. Live have you back. Wish you all best. And Diana, you definitely have a great future, have you? Thank you so much. Thank you.